Hi, this is Alina Kanner and Megan Barrington, and you're listening to Move Your Brain, Move Your Body podcast, where we dive into all things health, wellness, and fitness. We are two certified athletic trainers who met and graduated together from the University of Arkansas, and we wanted to do this podcast to spread our joy about treating our bodies well through nutrition, exercise, and knowledge. We have a very special guest on our show today. His name is Dr. Perry Nicholson also known as Stop Chasing Pain. You might have seen him all over the gram posting some really interesting information. He is a chiropractic physician who takes a holistic and functional approach to patient care. He's an expert in myofascial, orthopedic, medical, and trigger point therapy, but also in movement assessment and diagnosis. He has over 25 years of experience in the field We are so excited to have him on today. We asked some amazing questions and we really got a peek into his brain. He also has a podcast himself and that is called the Stop Chasing Pain Podcast. He is very well known for his work and we know that you're going to learn something in today's episode. So sit back and enjoy. Well, we're so excited to have you on and to talk about all the weird stuff that you do because we think that more people need to be aware of kind of all of the the things that they may not be may not no one is really aware of a lot of the stuff that you teach and you deal with so um oh, thank you i i agree 100 <laughs> percent yeah um i like the crazy stuff and i think more people need to know about it yes let's start from where how kind of stop chasing pain came from and okay. why what inspired you to to go the route that you have gone that would be a great okay. place to start all right so where stop chasing pain came from well the name uh, came from a, a mentor of mine. I was at a workshop and those three words actually showed up on a screen, a white screen, and they were in red. And it hit me like, that's what I've been looking for. Uh, I got very frustrated of uh, taking care of just the sight of pain all the time. So, you know, that's where somebody has knee pain and you just keep treating the knee because it hurts, right? Mm-hmm. And People would get better for a little while and then it would always come back or it would never really get better. And uh, I just got frustrated. I'm like, there's got to be something more here. So stop chasing pain means that we certainly treat pain when somebody comes on in where they have an injury. But we look everywhere else, too, because my practice specializes in chronic pain. That's anything that somebody's had greater than six weeks. Uh, and, and that's more of an epidemic today than ever before, in my opinion. Um, and those are the ones where by the time you see me, you've probably had a lot of stuff done to that side of pain and almost every test you can think of done to that site. Mm-hmm. And if you're still hurting by the time that you come and see me, I'm obligated to do something different because in my mind, I'm thinking this. If I was going to do what everybody else was doing, you wouldn't be standing in front of me. So why the hell am I going to do the same thing? <laughs> I love because, that mindset. You know, my, my ultrasound machine or my laser machine or my STEM machine ain't some special thing that's different from everybody else's. And honestly, my hands really aren't that much more special than somebody else's either. Because yeah. the dirty little secret is all these different techniques work uh, if you do them in the right place. Right. And then yeah, very right. often it's not where the side of pain is. You usually have more than one place. Now that's assuming 
that somebody's done all the testing to make sure that you don't have cancer somewhere or there's a procedure that needs to be fixed through traditional medicine like a surgical intervention. But that's already right. been done by the time somebody reaches me. And then it's my obligation to go down the paths that to an outsider look crazy. They look like they're not related. But the more you learn about the body and the more you take to heart that everything is interconnected, nothing in the body, no system ever works alone. Mm-hmm. It never gets injured alone. It never heals alone. And right. once you see that, and you begin to look outside of that, you, you want, very often will find your answers. And um, it's, it's a thought process. That's really what I'm trying to teach. I'm not really even trying to teach a type of therapy or a type of technique. I'm not really concerned about the technique because there's a gajillion of them that can work. What I'm, under, what I'm trying to teach the world is a concept. And the concept is treat where it hurts and then look everywhere else, but also look at other systems. So what I mean by that is this, if somebody comes in with knee pain, it doesn't mean that it's a uh, knee problem, first of all, or it doesn't mean that it's a joint problem in the knee or that it's a muscle problem in the knee. It could be coming from another system completely altogether, which I find a lot. One, it could be an immune system problem. So when your immune system becomes overactive and you become inflamed, then you can have joint pain that appears like a musculoskeletal injury, but it's not a musculoskeletal injury. That means muscle and bone. Uh, it's, it's an immune system problem because the immune system has inflammation in it and it's just manifesting itself in a joint. And I can discover if you have that by looking at your history, going all the way back in your past to when you were, before you were even born or looking at the history form that you fill out and all the other systems of the body. And I can have a one-on-one conversation with the individual human being standing in front of me, not looking at the knee, but talking and listening and looking at the human being that's asking me for help. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I can only imagine how in-depth your history form is. Right. <laughs> I was but just looking, it, oh, yeah. sorry. That's okay. I mean, well, honestly, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's a standard history intake form that most people fill out. It's called a systems intake form for a reason, right? Yeah. You, you check off what your digestive history is, right? What your neurological history is, all those family history. Mm-hmm. The, all those things matter. Right? Yeah. But, but if somebody yeah. comes in for knee pain, they're just going to look at the knee. But meanwhile, I'm going to be asked, do you suffer from constipation or diarrhea? For somebody else, they wouldn't think they're related. Oh, they're definitely related. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's or like if you just saying, make the person healthier as an individual in the first place, things tend to get better on their own. Uh, something can look crazy to you, uh, like outside your normal way of looking at something, usually because you haven't suffered enough and be forced to take a look at something a different way. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You, you never, you never change through comfort ever, because why would you? Right. You only yeah. change through suffering and pain, and then. When you tried everything else that's supposed to work and it doesn't work, well, then you should look somewhere else. You teach for rock tape. What is something that you really like to drive into those classes? Uh, big thing, very simple. You know, we've always been trying to figure out like how tape works. Like everybody wants to see the science. Can you tell me how tape works? Can you tell me how tape works? It's really, it's really, really simple. Uh, it's a phrase that I send home all the time. Sensory input drives motor output. That means That's this. Awesome. 
whatever you sense from the world, be it through all your senses, sight, smell, touch, sound, whatever, uh, your brain takes that in and then it has to process it based on its prior experiences or the environment that you're in. And then it decides what it wants to do with that, which means it decides how you're going to react to what you just felt. That's movement, mm -hmm. right? And so yeah. it's really straightforward. And I tell people, I said, here's the rocket science behind rock tape. If, if I, put a tape, I put a piece of tape on your left arm, is your left arm going to feel different than your right arm? <laughs> yes or yes? <laughs> well, exactly, which means that you're going to move that arm differently. You're going to perceive that arm differently. And you'll actually perceive pain differently because of the input from the tape into the skin. And when you study uh, the brain uh, and you look at embryology, you discover that the skin and the brain come from the same, what they call neurodevelopmental tissue. That's the tissue that formed everything in your body now. It came from three initial layers, right? And then the brain, the skin, and what we call your enteric nervous system, which is your, your gut. They all came mm. from the same place, which means they all talk to each other, which means this. The fastest way I can change your brain is to do something with your skin and your gut. So I can't tape so your gut, but I can tape your skin. <laughs> and when I tape uh -huh. your skin, your brain changes immediately, right? And that's also why when you have underlying gut inflammation or digestive issues or things like that, then that significantly will, one, make your skin look like crap. Mm -hmm. so your, skin, your skin goes. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, that they just give you topicals for your skin. Right. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. But it's more of a it's more of a gut problem than a skin problem. But if your skin has an issue too, I already I also know your brain's got one. Mm -hmm. Because Super they, can, interesting. they come from the same developmental tissue. So that's why when you come into my office, I do a full assessment of the skin that I can see, and I look for underlying signs of inflammation in the skin, and I touch the skin, and I see a response that you have from my touch of the skin and that tells me a lot about the state of your brain and that's really really important because they know from pain signs that pain comes from the brain it doesn't come from your tissues it comes from your brain so yeah. if your tissues hurt i know your brain's got an issue so then i have to look at all three so when you have chronic pain i know three things that i need to look at your gut i need to look at your brain and i need to look at your ability to uh, have sensory input into the body. Those three things are really, really, really critical. And it doesn't have to be where the side of pain is either. Yeah. It's super it interesting because people struggle, me, myself, I've struggled for years with eczema, um, but people yeah. struggle with eczema and psoriasis and doctors out there are just giving those topicals like you just said, when it's really for sure related to brain and gut. Yeah. So what would you- Proactive for acne. Yeah, oh, so yeah. Auto, or birth control. Diseases, right? So, so I yeah. they're, they're autoimmune diseases, which means they have no freaking idea why it happens. That's what that means. <laughs> right. Uh, Instead of figuring okay. it out, they just label it something. Well, here's the thing, you know, uh, I mean, medicine has a certain paradigm that they go by, right, with drugs and medications, but they're honestly, in my opinion, they're honestly doing things to certainly try to help somebody from the way that they're viewing how to help somebody. So I don't believe it's malicious in any way. It's just a, a lens that they're looking through.
So I don't have a problem if people use the topical medication because I don't want you to suffer. I don't want it to hurt. And, you know, if you're worried about physically how you look in public, that's going to increase your sympathetic stress response is what's going to cause you more chronic inflammation, which is going to make your condition worse because you just set off your inflammatory response from stress. Right. So I was just going to say stress. (laughs) But here's the, here's the but. I don't want you to just do the cream. I want you to figure out why you got to do the cream. So that's where you have to go and look at what's going on with the uh, gut system, the, um, and what they call the enteric nervous system, which is the gut system. Mm-hmm. And that's always going to be, skin stuff is always 99.9% of the time an immune system response. So Super the, interesting. The, the gut, your intestines, that's where 70, depending on the source that you read, 70 to 80% of your immune system strength resides in your gut, right in your gut. So if your ability to fight things off effectively and efficiently, or maybe you can't fight it enough, or here's the rub, you fight it too much. That's what an allergic reaction is. You fight it too much. That's going to stem. It makes logical sense to me. that why don't I go to the one place where 70 to 80% of the thing lives and see if everything is okay there. As I do the topical for my skin, I'm gonna look at the gut as well. But most people don't think they have a gut problem unless they physically have pain in the gut or they've been diagnosed where it's Crohn's disease or diverticulitis or irritable bowel syndrome. And irritable bowel syndrome is the very first step into autoimmune disease. If you got that, you're you're running towards one. Yeah. we don't think there's a problem in it until we have what? Something really, really wrong that keeps coming back or I need to go get medication for it. And what I'm trying to say is that you need to catch that stuff sooner. One way that I can catch that stuff sooner is by your history, by talking to you and seeing some of the things that you're experiencing in your life. Like, yeah, you know, I've been like really gassy a lot more than usual. Bam, that's a sign right there, right? And then mm-hmm. I have another uh, thing that I teach people is, how about you assess and put your fingers in and palpate the abdomen and mm-hmm. see how the intestines feel, see how the organs feel. Because if you come in with back pain, I'm going to press the hell out of your back, right? <laughs> I'm going to look at your back. But there's also a front to that back. And then I turn you over and here's the, here's the thing that I'm really trying to teach therapists now. And even the people that have pain to be aware of is that I don't really even care what I feel anymore when I'm under, when I'm trying to uh, say I'm on your abdomen, right? I'm feeling for stuff, but I'm honestly really not caring what I'm feeling. What I'm doing is I'm watching my patient. And Mm -hmm. I'll be able to see through the body language of my patient, whether they like me being anywhere near that area at all, even if it doesn't hurt, Mm -hmm. right? If it hurts, I already know you're a mess. That's easy. That's like no problem. And most people, when I put my hands in their abdomen, it's horrific. It's like very painful. And they go, I had no idea that that area hurt so much and then I tell them it's not supposed to hurt at all (laughs) right but they don't feel fit they didn't come in with physical pain there they came in with physical pain somewhere else 
that's what stop chasing pain means. So if you come on in and you have chronic knee pain and I touch your abdomen and you jump off the table, that's going to be a big part of what I'm going to do in relationship to your knee. But what I look for now is this. Sometimes it's very often I'll just put my hand lightly on the abdomen and I will hardly touch at all. And I'll see the person flinch or they uh, move another body part somewhere else or they show me somewhere in their body language that this area is very vulnerable for them or they don't like it. If I see that, I know one thing. The brain doesn't like something that's going on in here. That's an area of threat. That's an area that I need to pay attention to. That means, in my opinion, it's the most vital part of the pain puzzle. The most vital part of the pain puzzle because most people don't know it's there. Yeah. Until you know how to look for it, right? So yeah. when I assess people, I look at everything. If you come on in and you say, Doc, my left ankle hurts and you know I've had everything done to it. I've been getting treatments for three months, but they can't find anything. Well, then I know I'm going to have to dig a little bit deeper. And then what I'll do is I'll assess the whole rest of the body. And one of the, one of the easiest things that I'll do is I'll just take my hands and I will uh, press in. They call that, um, I'm not sure what type of people listen to your show, but uh, palpation or assessment. I'm going to touch yeah. the tissue, touch the tissue, and I'm going to see if it hurts. And healthy tissue shouldn't hurt when you press on it. Hel up to a point. I can make anything hurt. But healthy <laughs> tissue shouldn't hurt when you press on it. So yeah. I'm going to start up, say your right ankle hurts, right? So your right ankle hurts. Maybe your right ankle hurts because you expect it to hurt because it's been hurting for so long. Sometimes it's hurting because it's, you expect it to hurt. That's what they call that pain is in the brain and it's not mm -hmm. in your tissues. Then I'm going to work my way up the leg on the right-hand side. Then I'm going to work down the left-hand side. And then sometimes I'll find it where I'll get into the left calf and it's really, really painful, I'm going to note that box because that's going to be related to the right ankle. And then I'm going to work my way up and then I'm going to do the same thing in the abdomen region. And then I'll go and I'll say, I'll, I'll go into the, let's say it's a right ankle and now I'm up into the left forearm below your wrist. And I'm going to press there. And if it hurts and you jump off the table, I'm going to tell you that that right ankle is connected to that left forearm. And I'm going to treat those two places first. What if I touch the whole body and the whole thing hurts, which very often happens. I can barely touch anything. What I know is this. It's not an ankle problem. It's a systemic inflammation, full body immune system problem, and it's manifesting in your ankle, and you're not going to fix anything by going after the ankle. The first place I go is where 70 to 80% of the immune system lives, right in the gut. Does that make sense? Yeah, it totally makes sense. What would you do? What would you recommend for the gut when it's a person like that who really would be struggling? Well, that's kind of a deep rabbit hole right there because <laughs> you've got such a, an inflamed gut. Very often, any food, no matter how healthy it is, will set you off right. because you just got so much inflammation in there. And they call that in the world today um, leaky gut syndrome. Yeah, and autoimmune diseases too, the same. Yeah. I mean, if you've got an autoimmune disease, you've got a leaky gut 100% of the sure. time. One comes before the other. Um, so the first thing we have to do is calm it down. 
And mm-hmm. then, then I, be, I have to look then at some of the stuff that they're taking or they're eating because here a lot of people are taking things that uh, are quote unquote supposed to be healthy for them from supplements and uh, food. And they say, I eat really healthy. I'm like, yeah, but unfortunately at this moment in time, you're so inflamed that even that's going to make you worse. So I have to go through a, um, a program where I may have to eliminate some of the things that they're taking or reduce them. And then I have to settle down the inflammation in that particular region. And I do that a lot for me through laser light therapy. I use a uh, high-powered therapeutic laser on the abdomen, which penetrates very deep towards the spine to reduce inflammation and pain so I can settle it down. Uh, And then I do some light manual work by hand to begin to stimulate things and to move things. But I also know that you're caught in an inflammatory response, which means uh, an inflammatory response, an inflammation response, that's an immune system response. Mm -hmm. So I have to do something to try to calm down your immune system. And that's the one that I teach in some of my more functional, um, functional health courses to help you understand where you are in the inflammation process from your immune system. And once we know that, then you can actually take certain supplements or certain foods that will calm that down within one to three days. And then it'll, it'll bring you back towards center. And then you can start to um, begin to relax. So then we can get the, the healing process done. Um, yeah. Does that make it, sense? Yeah, I guess it would probably yeah. depend on how long someone has been in their current state. Uh, it can, yeah, but here's an interesting thing, right? Everybody manifests symptoms a little bit differently, and uh, some people are much better compensators than others, like especially for elite athletes. They can cover stuff up really well, and they're sometimes the most horrific messes I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. And, and, totally. and then here's the thing, too, is that, like, uh, it's a building process. Like, you don't wake up one day with, an autoimmune disease. It's like, hey, yesterday I had Crohn's. I didn't have Crohn's and now I got Crohn's. Uh, <laughs> right. Yesterday I didn't have psoriasis. Now I got psoriasis. These things build up over years, if not decades. Yeah. And then we look for this thing that triggered it yesterday. But meanwhile, it's a combination of a lot of different things that's happened over the years that um, it hit a wall. It could have been anything that set it off. And you have to go back. So, so many people that I see um, don't even know that they have this underlying problem that's building to come mm-hmm. on up uh, until they get a thorough assessment like that. <clears throat> but I've also seen crazy things where uh, somebody's like really, really sick and then we do some interventions and they get better kind of quick. And then I have some people that really not that big of a problem, but it takes them much longer to get well. Um, so there's many other different factors that, that have to go into it when you're working with someone. And that's why I use this phrase N equals one a lot. Mm-hmm. I noticed they, that. This is something that they talk about in the world of research where, <clears throat> you know, when you do research, you need this pool of a lot of different people. Let's say, uh, it, if you do this thing to about a thousand people and you get results, then I'll believe it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to have a bigger number of people. What N equals one means is that I'm only concerned with the one person standing in front of me. Like 
that that's my study and that's the one that I'm concerned with. And everybody's different, right? Everybody's going to respond and react to the therapies differently or even the treatment program differently. And I look at research all the time. I mean, that's how I learn, but you know, you'll quickly learn that research changes all the time and what we thought was 100% true yesterday turns out to be completely wrong tomorrow. Uh, you know, you get the big oopsie daisy. Sorry about that. Well, we got that one wrong. Happens <laughs> all the time. Or by the time you have research that reaches clinical practice, it's like 10 years behind. So most yeah. of these guys got no yeah. clue what's going on. Or more. But, yeah. <laughs> no clue what's going on. Yeah. I mean, right? some, but, some physicians still don't think that nutrition can affect healing or, or whatnot. So it's quite interesting to see where we're at with some some uh, modalities versus where the like, you know, life is going. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of put it in a frame of reference too. like, you know, if you're going to be putting a brand new heart in me, you should research the ever living hell out of that thing because it's like a heart. But, (laughs) you know, if, if, if I'm doing something where I'm going to try out something on your hip from like a movement or an assessment, I mean, you can give me a little leeway here, right? It's okay. Like I'm going to experiment around a little bit and see. And then I, I kind of say this is that when somebody comes in in chronic pain or autoimmune and they've done everything that they're supposed to and they're not getting better, um, I have to take care of them. And I say this all the time. If my person, if my client wasn't in your research study, I don't really care about your research study because they might not be included with what you would expect to happen from that study. Does that make sense? So I've got to do an intervention, in my word, I got to do an intervention and then I have to watch and see what your response is and what your reaction is. And that's going to dictate what I'm going to make different, what I'm going to add, what I'm going to take away, what I'm going to not do again. And I expect very fast changes in the people that I work with because I figure if you give the body what it wants, it'll tell you a quick, fast, and a hurry if you got it right. If you don't give it what it wants, it'll tell you quick, fast, and hurry that same thing too. It won't get better. So you'll know right away. I don't believe in this three times a week for four weeks, two times a week for four weeks things, and let's see how you are in a month. New. Like I want to see something quick. I want to see it like within the same damn session. I want to see something significantly change. (laughs) That's awesome. If, If not, by the third one. That's why I'll assess you with what we're doing. I'm doing an intervention. I'm going to reassess. If I don't get the change that I want, I'm, I'm going to do something else. Yeah. And I have this slogan that I use, better in for schedule no more, which is straight up honest with people. I don't know if I can help you. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to spend two hours with you. My, my assessment is two hours where I'm going to go through anything and everything with you. And then I'm going to do what I think your body is telling me that it needs. I might be right or I might be wrong. Who's going to tell me that? Your body's going to tell me that, right? And then if you see me and you say, Doc, that was incredible. I feel great. I'm like, perfect. How about we do that again? That's good, right? I'm going to go there. If you come back to me and you say, "Ah, I did it, but I got a little bit worse. I'm going to say, perfect. That's good. We got to change. That's what I want. It's okay if you get a little bit worse first because your body has to adapt and it has to change. I don't want you to be scared of your body getting a little bit worse because they become Mm -hmm. fearful of things that become a little bit worse. But that's called adaptation. The worst thing you can tell me is this. Nothing changed. Right, right. That's the worst thing that I could do. 
So yeah. if you come on in and nothing changed, I'm not going to do what I did the last time. I'm going to do a completely different approach or, and here's what's really, really critical that I try to teach people. I might not do a completely different approach, but I might change the order of what I did to you. That's interesting. Because that's what systems mean. Like mm -hmm. you have to have the parts in the right working order to start the damn engine, which means that I could have all the parts for the car to start the engine. But if I put them all together and they're not in the right order, it won't start either. Yeah. That's even, a really though good I have, <laughs> even though I have all the right parts. So sometimes what I got to do is I got to take part A and I got to move it over here where C is and I got to switch this back there. And then all of a sudden that was it. That's all I needed to do. So then we change the order of the treatment that we do to someone or here's even the bigger takeaway. We change the order of the systems of the body that we treat to get the person better. So in my world, the musculoskeletal system is the bottom of the food chain. It's the least important system that I need to look at for chronic pain. It's important. It's awesome. absolutely important and you need it, right? But in the hierarchy of your brain, it's not very high up. Mm -hmm. And how do I determine the hierarchy for your brain? It's very, very simple, right? The systems that are more important to your brain are the ones that if they don't work well, you die faster. <laughs> that is a very nice, simple approach to looking at it. I love it. I don't, I don't think anyone would argue with that. <laughs> yeah. So, dude, if your immune system goes haywire, uh, you could die fast. That's like anaphylactic yeah. shock, right? And yeah. dude, if you got a little problem with your ankle joint, uh, suck it up, Sparky. That ain't no big deal. <laughs> like, I can deal with that one. Right. And one of the biggest, most important ones that people don't look at is you can, I'm going to put it in the framework because I'm getting a little excited now. You can tell because I, if you don't eat, you can live a couple of weeks without food. Mm -hmm. If you don't have water, a couple days. If you don't have oxygen, a couple of minutes. Mm -hmm. So what that tells me is this, your brain and your tissues probably like oxygen like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That, the respiratory system matters just a little. So to me, to me, the nervous system is important. Yes. But it's not as important as circulatory, the, vast, the circulatory system yeah. because mm. the nerves need the oxygen in order mm -hmm. to do their work. So if you have a decrease in uh, the ability for the body to get oxygen mm -hmm. into the tissues, I know one thing, you're not going to heal. Yeah, nothing will happen if you don't have oxygen. You, you can't nothing. heal. If anything, you're going to start to deteriorate, right? right. Yeah. So I've got to be able to get the oxygen into the tissue. Right? And there's many things that can restrict that from happening from maybe the tissue is too tight. And it doesn't have to be the tissue around where your side of pain is either. That's what, I, what I'm trying to tell people. So let's say, for instance, your calf on your left-hand side is really, really super tight. Well, that blood flow to your calf has to come down from your groin on the same side. 
So what I have to do is make sure the blood can come out of your groin on the left-hand side to the calf on the left. If it can't come down there, then it, it doesn't matter what you do to the calf. So you have to go higher up. So you always have to look at blood flow. And then you guys know I talk about the lymphatic system a lot, which is the sewage yeah. system of the body. That gets rid of toxins, viruses, bacteria, all that uh, cellular waste. If that goes kaputs, you die really quick. Mm-hmm. So the lymphatic system has to work well because if I have enough oxygen in my body, the oxygen actually has to physically get to the tissue once it's there, but it can't get to the tissue if the lymphatic system doesn't work well. So the lymphatic system works with the cardiovascular system, but the lymphatic system trumps the cardiovascular system. So lymphatic system is, this, is the next most important system in your whole body next to your brain. Brain first, lymphatic second. And then it ties together, which is nicely because up until just a few years ago, they didn't think that you had lymph in your brain. This is one of those oopsie-daisy moments that I told you about before. <clears throat> ah, you don't have lymph in your central nervous system. You're nuts. What are you talking about? And then now they're like, well, guess what? It was there all along. We just didn't see it. <laughs> so now we know that you've got lymph in your brain. So to me... I'm actually going to tell you that I think the lymphatic system trumps the brain system because the brain only works as well as the environment that it lives in. And what controls the health of the environment that the brain lives in? The lymphatic system. So to me, it's the number one system in your body that I have to look at first. If it works well, check the box. I'm going to move to the next one. If it doesn't work well, I'm not going to go to the next box until I fix that one first. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Totally. <laughs> it's amazing. A a little bit of a rant there. That's no, okay. We love, we love the rants. It's part. It's part of the show. We love it. I just get. Um, I just get very frustrated with this because I, I've suffered myself. I damn nearly died from an autoimmune disease, and medicine's approach was pushing me faster into the grave. And then mm. I was able to pull myself out and keep myself well based on the stuff that I'm doing now. And I get messages every day yeah. from, I get messages every day from people that are really, really suffering and are looking for answers and they're lost and they're confused and they're overwhelmed and they're doing everything that they've been told to do and they're getting worse. Yeah. And then when, they, when they're told that and they get worse, then medicine doesn't have any more answers for them and tells them, well, either one, it's all in your head or two, you just have to live with these medications and make the best of it. And I think that is complete bullshit. And I get really, really upset. Yeah. The system is failing a lot of people. And I think it's just, there needs to be a new approach. And I think you are nailing that approach, which is awesome. So actually what, who are the people that have influenced you? How did you get all this knowledge and, um, if there are any resources you can give us, that'd be amazing. One, because I would love to learn. And um, two, for our listeners, we do have a lot of physical therapists, athletic trainers, probably doctors, just health professionals that are yeah. interested in learning from you. Well, that's very nice. And uh, I, well, they can actually, they can learn from me if they want. I mean, as you know, I put a lot of stuff out there. So I, I amazing I, I, content. Thank you. I mean, I, you know, I have my, and people that I've learned from, I pay it, I pay it back and I pay it forward. Right. And I, and I take, and I'll give you some people that have been instrumental for me, but I, 
I take what other people have taught me and, and uh, I respect them and give props to them because I learn from them. But I, I try to take this and that from this person, this person and tweak it. But I, I begin to make it my own yeah. by uh, adding stuff that I come into from clinical practice. So I kind of have like a buffet in there and then I try to share it when I learn it from uh, somebody else. And I've studied many different types of disciplines. That's probably the biggest advice I can give people is to jump outside your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. and um, learn from um, uh, different people. And I've studied Western medicine, and, but a lot from Eastern medicine, and many different approaches in, in Chinese medicine and Oriental medicine, and especially from Thailand, that was very influential in my abdominal work with the visceral series that I just released. And on my website on Stop Chasing Pain, I list the, the top 10 books that were the most influential for me that's mm-hmm. there. Uh, awesome. We'll put that in the show notes. Too yeah, totally. Yeah. Listener. I think if you, if you go on the site, cause um, I think I, I did a catchy name, top 10 knowledge bomb books, something you need to know. Uh, that's awesome. Thank I'll you. Find top, it. Put top 10 mm-hmm. in my blog. You'll find it. And then um, I also have my own podcast that I've had for about 10 years. Yes. And I've interviewed close to about 180 people that are way smarter than me. And the people that I've resonated with and learned from and invited them to come on my show, that's another place that you should begin to go. But um, the first person that was my biggest mentor, my dear friend, and changed my life was a physical therapist that you may know or most people might know. Um, his name is Gray Cook. Mm-hmm. And yes. Gray Cook is the um, founder of the functional movement screen and the selective functional movement assessment and now the functional capacity screen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's a Southern boy, a redneck like me, where <laughs> we, we actually, you know, live and grew up not too far f- from each other. And I met him about 10 years ago. And um, that's where my name Stop Chasing Pain came from, where he uh, he was teaching his very first SFMA course. It's the medical side of looking at movement. And mm-hmm. the essential premise was that, of that course was this. Uh, you want to look for dysfunction in the body where something might not move well or might not be have a lot of stabilization to it, which means control. Um, and you're going to treat there, not where it hurts. Right? So that's where the kind of thought process of, oh, well, maybe it's not coming from there. And I was at that workshop in New Jersey. There were 10 people there because it was a brand new course and about 10 slides in, I saw a white screen with three words in red that showed up. Stop chasing pain. I'm like, bam, that's it. That that's says awesome. it all right there. And then I immediately stopped listening to the lecture and I went to GoDaddy and I said, is that, is that domain name available? And sure enough, it was. So I snagged that sucker. And then, uh, <laughs> Afterwards, you know, I asked him, I said, uh, is it okay if I use this name for my business? I mean, it's a great thing. So, you know, it's just like, do, you know, do whatever you need to ask for forgiveness later kind of thing. And uh, he said, yes, absolutely. And that, he was a catalyst uh, for that. And we've been, that completely changed my life of how I look at uh, everything. Because I was very close to quitting the profession of chiropractic at the time, because I was just tired of doing uh, straight treatments to things and the typical everyday things that are great. And I love it if people do that and, and, and they're very passionate about it. It just didn't fill my purpose cup for me. Right. 
And when I found that, it's like I've been looking for this like my whole life. And when I found it, and then when my feet hit the ground running, I just was relentless. I just didn't stop. And so I took that premise of non-painful dysfunction. And I even hate the word dysfunction, by the way, because I don't think anything's dysfunctional. I think it's just highly, I think it's too functional, which means it looks dysfunctional. Um, so uh, looking at areas that don't hurt and be a contributing factors to the ones that do hurt. And then I'm like, oh, I want to take this a little bit deeper and then try to find the underlying reason for why this happened and why it would cause something here to happen. And so I started to try to think more like an engineer, not a doctor. And engineers think systems. They think, how do parts work together? And how can I put them together to have the most efficient outcome for what I'm trying to design here? And then that's where you have to look at processes and you have to look maybe 20 steps prior to the step that you're in because you're, you're really frustrated with step 15 and you can try to go after 15 and 14 and 13, but they're never going to fit because there was a process that happened in step two that completely changed your potential at 15. Does that make sense? So yeah, totally. Yeah, that means for us, what that means for us is this history. Yeah. That's where I find my steps. So I have to go back and look and ask and put my puzzle pieces together and say, okay, well, let's just say an example. I've got uh, autoimmune disease, I got fibromyalgia, I got chronic fatigue syndrome, and I'm doing everything and nothing can help. And I say, you know what? You ever, you ever been diagnosed with a virus at all, particularly Epstein-Barr or Mono? Like 99% of the time, I'll get a yes, because 90% mm -hmm. of the population actually has it. And they go, yeah, I did, but I got Mono when I was five. Bam, that's probably it. That's what it is. Because now they're finding the underlying stealth infection. Stealth infections means they're slippery little suckers that are inside your body the whole time. They're just slipping and sliding and stealthy and hiding in between tissues. I'm not in your blood, so you can't see them blood work and I'm hiding in here. Then I'm gonna come out and I'm gonna kick your ass later when you're under a lot of stress and nah, 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 you can't find me. And then all I do is I start to try to go after and help the stealth infection with the Epstein-Barr that typically resides in your liver most of the time. And then we start to get that under control. Uh, um, you can't eliminate a virus when you got it. You got it for life. It never leaves you. Your immune system is keeping it under control. So then yet again, I'm back to your immune system. I find it all the time in chronic fatigue, but I also find it as well as somebody has a chronic hip pain on the left that's always inflamed. And it gets way better when we take care of their liver. We calm down their Epstein-Barr reaction and help their gut. And they say, you know what? This is the craziest thing I've ever seen, Doc. But my hip feels way better. Is that possible? <laughs> totally possible. My answer is yes, it is. And you'll know it is because when you come in to see me, before I even touch you, I show you the systems of how all the bodies work together and why mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm doing and everything. And then the first thing anybody says to me is, wow, that makes complete sense. And I'm like, yes. And then by the <laughs> end of my examination, you say to yourself, Usually, nobody's ever looked at all these different things like that in one shot, like that. And that's because our system is designed to be run by specialists, where uh, 
you know, a, you've got a gut problem, you got to go to the gastroenterologist guy. Um, and, and then you got like this problem, oh, you got to go to that specialist. Oh, I'm a heart specialist. I don't have anything over here. Meanwhile, as you say, dude, your heart ain't going to work well if you have a gut problem and this thing going to work here. So all these different systems in healthcare don't talk to each other, but all the systems in your body are always talking to each other. Right. And they always influence each other. And then the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And then the next thing you know, I'm giving you something to change this system because I see the result here, not, not knowing what it's going to do to the system down the line and then a couple of days or how they react to each other. And then the next thing you know, you're doing this thing that we call chasing pain. Yeah. And you're basically chasing symptoms. But symptoms doesn't, they don't tell you squat. Symptoms is not really telling you what's going on. It's only telling that you have an issue going on. It can kind of lead you in a direction, but here's the thing. A lot of people can have the same condition, but different symptoms. That happens all the time. Um, So for me, the underlying reason that you have all these symptoms is that you have chronic inflammation, underlying inflammation in the body that's manifesting itself. So I'm not talking about acute injuries here. Acute injuries are very different. Like, you know, if you, if you're in an accident and your arms hanging off, you're not going to see me for a stomach reset. You're going to go get your arm put back on and you're going to stop the bleeder so you don't die. But then you see me after that. (laughs) Cause then I I know that I want to put that stuff together. So we all need to work together. And in my office, I try to think of myself as a generalist, which means that, I look at a lot of different things as a contributing factor to um, the, the underlying issue, what's going well, on. Well, your approach is amazing. Um, we like to ask all of our guests what they do to either move their brain or move their body or do it at the same time. Um, so what would you do? It could be something you do every day. It could be something you do whatever amount of times a week. Uh, well, my newest thing now that I love that I just got recently was I got a full body photobiomodulation bed. What that is, is that big fancy sciencey word, which means it's a laser bed. That's awesome. So uh, I lie in the bed, uh, for 10 minutes every single day and it gives me, um, light energy into all the cells in my body, kickstarts my mitochondria and this helps my brain and everything. So I really, really like that one. So it yeah, helps. I've read about that. Yeah, so I love it. I'm very cool. excited to see how that goes with my chronic pain patients. And um, so I got that. And, that's great. Um, yeah. Cool. And then, of course, you know, whenever you move, you stimulate your brain too, right? Some people say that's yes. the primary reason you have your brain is to move. And um, I would like to think so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but for me, I try to live a, a principle called that I've term the four m's which means move more of yourself more often more ways and more environments that's and awesome I love so that. when they say how should you move that's my answer because <laughs> more <laughs> of awesome. yourself which means how much more how about more than you're doing now that's a good one right <laughs> uh, m- more often well how much well more than you do now right <laughs> More, more ways, do things that you don't normally do, which means I go to yoga six days a week. Okay. How about you just lift some weights? Maybe Throw try, something there, else. Right? <laughs> try something else and more environments means this, put yourself in different situations, particularly right. if you can go outside in nature, that's number one, but change up your environment any way you can go to a different gym, train with a different person, go a different time of day, listen to different music, you know, all these different things like that. Those are different 
all those things are different sensory input and we know that that drives motor output because i you yeah. got to try to motivate people to do things and not be uh, like I, I don't know if i'm moving right or if i'm moving wrong there's no such thing in my world there's only moving different and mm -hmm. every time that you move you teach your brain something and when you study neuroscience, you realize the brain doesn't know right and wrong. It only knows useful. It only does what it finds useful. And it doesn't have to make sense to you and me either, because we can look at it and say, why in the hell would the brain do something that nuts? It, to get, it's doing it because for some reason, somehow, whether you can see it or not, it's useful to the brain in that moment of time. And it's going with it, right? You yeah. might not be aware of what that is, but I know there's a reason, right? There's a yeah. reason for that. And then that takes a big weight off your shoulders to say, geez, I, I don't know if I should move because I might move wrong. To me, that's way worse because then you're scared to move. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I love that. Thank you so much, Perry. This was seriously super enlightening and I'm so excited to share it with all of our listeners. No, loved it. We wanted more. I have so um, many other questions for you, but maybe we'll have to have you on again. If we get questions from our listeners, we might have to do that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be happy to. I mean, I you just hit my go switch. I'll just, I won't stop. I'll get, I'll get <laughs> it's going. amazing. Well, you That's know funny. what? That's That's what said. <laughs> I've tried to be on shows. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to keep myself reserved. I'm, I'm not going to get like emotional. Nah, it's not like you. That. No. <laughs> It's not like I'm just going to let it rip and then go because I, the one thing that I hope comes across is that this stuff I'm really passionate about and I love to do it, but more so I'm really trying to get others to, to realize that they don't have to suffer. There is hope and that they can do things that they don't know that they can do right now. because You just don't know what you don't know. Uh, to get to get that spark because I've been there I've been there awesome. well thank you we're gonna we're end gonna... on that because that was amazing we hope you enjoyed this episode of move your brain move your body podcast continue listening as we release new episodes weekly on either apple podcasts or spotify if you have any topics you'd like us to cover please reach out to us on Instagram at moveyourbb. Thanks for your support and for listening to our podcast.